Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Design Chat with Josh. I am your host, Josh Reach. And in this podcast about design everything, we are going to talk about two things that I love, actually. Design and cars. Uh, But more specifically, we're going to talk about the infotainment system UI of cars nowadays and how I think that they are a complete and total hot mess. So let's get started. Now, this whole topic actually uh, has been sparked mainly from a conversation I had uh, a few few days ago. Uh, and, and I brought it up a couple of times, actually, with a lot of friends and stuff, especially those of us that like cars. Um, and it's that the, <laughs> the UI of the infotainment system, those touch screens that are in the middle of our dashboards on a lot of our new cars, how I think that they are the most distracting, unfriendly user experience you can possibly have when you're driving uh, a machine that weighs, you know, a ton or two. And here's the reason why I think that they are terrible, actually. And it's not that I think that they should be completely removed. So I want to make that clear right now. I don't think infotainment systems should be removed. I actually like having that screen built into the car, uh, especially with Android Play or Yeah, is it Apple, Android Auto, and Apple CarPlay? The Android and Apple stuff that links your phone to it. I've used those. They're amazing. I I love it. Every time I have a rental car that has uh, the the Apple CarPlay, I don't even know if that's actually the name, but you know what I mean. Every time I get into one of those cars, though, I love it because it is amazing having those apps uh, right up there. And the interface is actually very nicely designed when it's designed by, you know, Google or Apple. Um, they take in a lot, of cons- a lot of things into consideration. The first thing being that you are driving a car. Um, so here's, here's my problem. And the problem is you have two extremes when it comes to the design of infotainment systems in cars. You have either the really horrible, outdated, slow, looks like it crawled out of 2007 UI, okay? And the whole system is just outdated before you even get the car off the lot. And there's no hope of ever having that updated. That's a whole separate conversation, but the fact that all these infotainment systems, for the most part, don't upgrade. Um, You're kind of just left with the same thing, which is absolutely stupid. Um, But anyway, there's that slow, outdated looking one, but it's maybe functional, okay? And then you have the other extreme where it's fast, it's quick, it's beautiful to look at when you're parked, but then you get moving 60, 70 miles per hour down the highway, and you have to actually use this uh, infotainment system. And the, the thing that I think a lot of people, a lot of car manufacturers forget, and I'm curious, by the way, if anybody who's involved in any car manufacturing design is listening to this by any chance, let me know why the reasoning is that we are going more and more to touch screens because these screens are getting bigger and bigger and we're depending on them to do more and more and change more and more settings in the car um, that it completely and totally contradicts the idea of you should be able to keep your eyes on the road 
and feel where the controls are for your car. So if I need to adjust the air, I know what control over maybe a little learning curve. When I first get my car, I'm still getting used to the knobs and buttons, but I eventually know, okay, I don't have to take my eyes off the road. I can keep driving one hand down, turn the control of the heat or push the button up to change the climate control. And it's a physical button that I can feel and I can push up and down and maybe I glance real quick, but I don't need to stare at it for very long. And nowadays though, it seems like that's kind of going away. I mean, you look at, for instance, Dodge does this. Tesla most definitely does this. And ooh, do I have some words for Tesla and their, their no button design philosophy in cars. I love Teslas, but I have some problems with this. But let's go back to Dodge. When it comes to Dodge, um, they, they have their buttons. They're very um, viewable, seeable from a distance at a somewhat quick glance. Um, why would they put the climate control mainly in that infotainment system? And in some of the Dodge vehicles that I've driven, they are entirely in the infotainment system. And so I have to tap a menu button to go to climate, and then I have to tap and, and analyze the screen first of all to figure out where the hell I can change the heat and the cool, and then where can I change it from blowing on my feet to blowing on my face? Like all these things I have to analyze on the screen. Meanwhile, I'm driving down a highway and to me, like, this is a danger. It, it, this is as dangerous as texting and driving because you're trying to figure out where the controls are. And after even having some of these cars for, say, a week, usually in a few days, you get used to the controls of a car, the physical buttons and knobs, right? But after a week with one of these cars, for instance, I had a Dodge Charger and it had everything in that infotainment system. And I, I could not, for the life of me, get used to where the climate control was. I had to analyze it and I'm driving on back roads in the mountains of upstate New York. I mean, it's dangerous. So to me, these, these touch screens and these infotainment UIs, they're not the greatest thing and they, they aren't being thought through thoroughly by the car manufacturers and really by the designers, the responsibility that these designers have to make sure that people still keep their eyes on the road and they're not fondling a screen while they're driving 70 miles an hour down the, down the highway. So that's, that's, that's the biggest issue I have with infotainment takeover, basically, or these touchscreen takeovers. And when it comes to Tesla, Tesla, I think, is the worst offender of this. Um, you know, as beautiful as, say, the Model 3 is, or the Model S, or the X, really any other cars, um, they, they just have giant screens right in the middle and the Model 3 takes it to the extreme, right? There is, there is no like console behind your steering wheel. It is all in front of you on, in the middle of the car, um, which is beautiful to look at. But uh, I, I mean, I even have a, a picture of the, of the UI in front of me right now. Um, and on an iPad from about a foot and a half away, I mean, I can barely make out what some of these buttons say. And I've been in Teslas before. I've been to the Tesla store and I've, I've you know, played around with the Tesla infotainment system. And it's just the whole design of this thing. It, it's, you have to be able to touch that screen and navigate through a menu. Those buttons are also changing placement throughout the whole experience. And some of them stay in the general area. Um, down, you know, towards the bottom. Um, but mo for the most part, I mean, 
everything is it's moving around the screen you're having to analyze it it's just this is it kills me and so design 101 for cars is kind of this thing where you know yes this is new and innovative to have these big screens and and it's all beautiful and minimalist and it's all touchscreen and in tesla's case they actually do update their cars and they update their ui so that is nice right like you get a new experience it's almost like getting the new operating system on your phone you get it in your car um, but <laughs> but it's so dangerous i just it's crazy and if i if you think i'm nuts for thinking this please disagree with me and tell me why because i'm still trying to struggle with why we would go with an all touch screen interface for car controls that's climate that's uh, your stereo and your audio. And I understand too, a lot of these controls are on the steering wheel, right? Like audio and volume control and skipping tracks and stuff, that's, that's all on your steering wheel now, right? Like you can toggle the voice commands on your steering wheel. But it's, it's that climate control and those settings, basically. If you wanna switch from the FM radio to your phone, I mean, you shouldn't have to go through a series of menus or analyze a screen to, to be able to do that. You should be able to just push a physical button or turn a physical knob and to keep your eyes on the road and be able to feel that. So the, the biggest thing with this is I think that, you know, a good, good usability and good UI, it, it's not just something that's on a screen. It's something that's can be physically touched sometimes that that tactile feedback from a physical button is critically important especially when you're driving a car and so to break it down i have a few screens in front of me and i know this is an audio podcast and you're not gonna be able to see anything so just keep a mental note of this or if you are in front of a computer google this with me okay so the first screen I have up, the first UI, okay, for a car infotainment system is the extreme. And in my eyes, the most beautiful one, but also the most unfriendly one when it comes to driving a vehicle. And that is Tesla, okay? So I have the Tesla Model 3 uh, UI in front of me right now. And I'm looking at it, I see the menus at the bottom. Uh, it's, it's beautiful typography, uh, you know, everything is laid out very logically, I will say this, but there's a big problem. And it's the fact that this is very thin text, it's very small text, it's very light colors, and I believe you can adjust the colors so it's maybe a dark screen or higher contrast, um, which is probably the first thing I would do if I ever owned a Tesla. Um, but it, it's designed like a phone interface, which is cool, except the driver shouldn't be using a phone. They should be using a car when they're driving, right? So, I mean, I, I can toggle between what locked and unlocked doors. I have uh, my lights control. My light control is on the fucking touch screen. Are you kidding me? Jesus Christ. Okay, so the light control, it's on auto right now, but if I wanna change that, uh, underneath my playlist of most deaf songs uh, is uh, the on, parking, and off. And it's like one of those slider things. I'm sure you could tap on it too, or you could slide it to, to what you want. Um, here's the problem. I'm driving, the sun is setting. The sun's setting and I'm driving towards the sun, for instance. Or, ooh, better one, I'm driving and the sun is behind me shining down on this screen. Okay, and I forget to turn on my auto lights. 
or maybe it starts raining, but the sun's still out behind me, like it happens in Arizona quite often, okay? And quite often, two times a year when it rains, but still, you know, it'll, it'll be sunny in one place and raining in another. But say I'm driving down, the sun is shining on the screen, I can't actually see the screen. I have to just hope and pray that I am tapping on or and not parking and not auto and not off or the one below it, which is my windshield wiper control, uh, which is also on the touch screen. Right now it's off, but if I tap it, I miss on, I might be turning my windshield wipers on fast. It's just everything's too close and it's a touch screen. It's a moving car. You need those buttons, okay? I, th that kills me. They don't actually have a any Tesla Model 3 owners out there. I'm going to look up this later too. Let me do you actually not have a windshield wiper knob on your steering wheel? Is it literally just a button on your touch screen because that is ridiculous. Um so anyway, to me, like this is beautiful to look at. Okay, my point is that Tesla, you have gorgeous design, you really do, but you're not designing an app for a fucking iPhone. You're designing something for a car, for a moving one ton, two ton, whatever object, okay? You're, you're designing something for a car when you have people that have to drive it. Now, somebody I was talking to earlier, we, we were talking, and, and the idea maybe that Tesla has is eventually you won't be driving that car. It'll be automated, or automated, autonomous, completely autonomous. So really, you're going to want a nice big screen because you're going to be able to watch stuff on it and do stuff while the car drives itself. I could see that being a good thing, right? Send that software upgrade later on, though, when autonomous vehicles are a normal thing. Don't do it now when you're still relying on stupid humans to be able to operate this touchscreen while driving car. I mean, you're asking them to operate a 12-inch mobile phone while they're driving. I, it, it blows my mind. Now, okay, so Tesla, beautiful, but totally useless in terms of functionality and just throws away a good hundred years of common sense that the auto industry has had uh, in terms of making sure that people can operate things like climate control windshield wipers or their lights um, without having to look off the road. It bugs me. Now, the next one I want to look at is the Toyota Prius Prime UI, okay? And well, let's break down this one. First of all, the Prius Prime, I hate Prius cars, but I'm oddly attracted to them because they're just so unique and I love the design of them overall. And so when I saw the Prius Prime, I'm like, damn, that's actually a really nice looking Prius with that crazy curved back window and everything. And the dashboard is beautiful. It's all futuristic. Then Toyota went and they put this massive, basically a Tesla Model S knockoff of this huge dual stacked iPad looking screen, um, this big vertical screen in, in the middle of, of the center console of the Toyota Prius Prime. Now, here's the thing. They have buttons outside of this screen. Buttons are for the hazard, they're for temperature up, temperature down, the defrosters. One of them looks like the radio button. Yeah, power button for radio, volume control. Uh, there's a menu button and a home button. Now these aren't physical buttons, they're more those haptic feedback or whatever it's called. So you just kind of tap on it, which really isn't the best. Again, we need physical buttons, something to, to touch, at least raise it a little bit so that people can feel it, but you still need to have that pushing in a little bit, that 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 resistance and that that confirmation that yes, I pushed the home button or yes, I turned the, the heat up. 
Um, but they've gotten a little better. It's not quite to the extreme that Tesla made. But here's the problem with Toyota. Much like a lot of Toyota's UI, it looks like, in this case, it looks like it crawled out of 2002, um, which, which absolutely blows my mind. Why these massive car companies with all this money to design these beautiful vehicles have this horrible, outdated looking UI. Now the one I have up of the Prius Prime has this quadrant bubble looking thing with more gradients than it deserves. And it's got phone, directions, info, app suite. And the icons are consistent. Um, they're consistently bad. Um, but Jesus Christ, they're old looking. I mean, th this looks like something that came out of my 2002 Forerunner if it actually had a touchscreen. Uh, but but it's, it's so outdated looking. And this is, this is what happens. So Toyota has this weird balance right now, right? Like they have some buttons and they have this big touchscreen. Cool, big touchscreen, some buttons for the main controls. It looks like, yes, cruise control and your windshield wipers are on the steering wheel like they should be. But their UI is extremely outdated. I mean, it's really, really outdated. It's all gradient, top-down gradient blue. The buttons and these middle menu things have the shininess, you know, I mean, like that cool Photoshop effect that we had back in the early 2000s. Like, that's what it looks like, and it doesn't fit the modern look of the car. And this is something that I, I, I have problems with. It, it's almost as if the designers of the interface, of the infotainment interface, never sat down, they maybe don't even know the names of the designers of the cars or the engineers of the cars. Did, are they siloed? Because it sure seems like it. Because you have two completely different design experiences. You have this beautiful, modern, sleek, physical design of the car. And then you have this horrible, outdated, I just don't give a damn look of the UI. I, it, it, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Um, and this is kind of like, this is the downfall, you know, I, th I think th things like this, like the gradients, for instance, all those colors, all those gradients, all those glassy effects, okay, and I'm sure as you tap them, they have little animations with them, like a lot of them do. That sucks up the power from the onboard computer of the car, when you could just design something that's a little flatter, which is also a little more modern, maybe using material design language, for instance, and it could have the depth and it could have that style that's modern, but it could also follow the aesthetics of the interior of the car. So you have, it just kind of throws off the whole vibe of this sleek modern car. It's, it's bad, but it's not the worst one. No, the worst one, now moving on to, this is like a just roast of all these car UIs, I know, but bear with me here, okay, because I hope this is opening your eyes to just how awful these car UIs are and how there needs to be something done about this. But I'm moving on now to the 2019 Dodge Ram, okay, or apparently it's just called the Ram truck now. Ram is its own brand. Anyway, Dodge decided that the Ram truck, I say Dodge, it'll always be Dodge to me. Anyway, the new Ram trucks, they decided that they're gonna do something like what the Prius Prime did, a giant vertical touchscreen right down the middle of the truck, okay? And it's it's got the real estate. I mean, it's a truck. It's got lots of real estate to do this. The nice thing that Dodge did, Ram did, uh, was 
let's face it, Fiat did, because it's Fiat Chrysler now, um, they actually have physical buttons. Like I'm looking at this picture and these are, these are physical buttons that I know if I push that sucker, it's gonna go in and then come back out. And it's got little light indicators to let me know what's on, what's off. I mean, you have everything from the, the climate control, the, the AC, the circulation of the climate control. Um, I don't even know what these switches are. Oh, lights, they're actual light switches at the bottom. That's cool, that's, that's pretty awesome. What's confusing is that if you look on the giant touchscreen at the bottom, there's also an option for climate. And I know where this goes, it goes into much deeper climate control um, than these buttons can go. And that's the typical Dodge way, is lately everything goes in this dashboard. And so they have their suite of, of apps, really, their buttons, phone, navigation, apps, climate, seat controls is that your seat control it looks like a seat control is within the dashboard of the car I, I hope that's not true i really hope that the seat controls are still on the seat or near the seat um pretty sure that they are in fact on the touch screen now good good one dodge uh ram whatever Anyway, so here's the problem, the other big problem with Dodge, and this is something that really happened a lot when the infotainment systems first came to popularity, and then some mostly American car manufacturers are still holding on to this, uh, with the exception of Toyota, which is just the extreme clip art style. But the car manufacturer, the designers of these UIs, try to mimic the glossy buttons of the actual dashboard. But every single time, they fail miserably because you're talking about light that's coming through a screen versus light that's hitting a button you're also talking about trying to mimic glossiness which in this case when i look at this glossy screen with these glossy buttons there's not enough contrast to read the actual labels of these buttons there's just not and i've seen these buttons i mean besides just seeing this photo on my uh, on the my screen right now i interacted with this interface before. I've actually dealt with the Dodge interface. The Ram one is just a much taller version, but it's hard to read the labels because they've added so much of a glossy effect from 2007 uh, that you can't read, I'm guessing, okay, so that's map, that's notify, tune. So I can barely read it, but keep in mind my face is about six inches away from a screen that is magnified nearly to the same size as this Dodge interface and I can't read it. Uh, it's a problem. And it also, once again, looks extremely outdated. You know, it's like, why are you doing this? And then to top it all off, they have this ridiculous brushed metal background behind the whole thing with like a spotlight on it. Why? 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 It, and, and I don't mean to knock the designers. I don't know what these designers have gone through. You know, I'm sure designing a UI for a vehicle, for a very old, car manufacturer, okay, like Dodge or even Toyota or whoever, I'm sure it's a very difficult task, right? I'm sure you have some battles that you have to pick. Maybe this isn't what the designers originally wanted to go with. I'm just going to hope it is. So I'm not trying to knock the designers in general. I'm trying to just point out the fact that this is a fucking terrible UI when you're driving a car down the road. You can't read anything and you can't feel anything. I mean, Tesla's was too light colored. Dodge's is too glossy. Toyota's just looks terrible, but at least it's readable. It's still more stuff is on the screen than should be. But it's, it's just bad. Now, okay, so enough rambling. There's gotta be somebody though, right? Somebody 
who's doing this right? What car manufacturer is actually doing this right? And it, 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 it surprised me when I started going through, I just started looking at infotainment systems through the new cars that are out there for manufacturers today. And Chevy used to be the worst one. I mean, their car UI for their infotainment systems was horrible, okay? It, somehow even worse than, it was like Toyotas and, and Dodges just combined and had this mutant baby, okay? But that's not the case anymore. So right now I have a Chevy Suburban. Uh, it's the same uh, UI that you'll see in many Chevys, but I'm looking at a Chevy Suburban uh, dashboard right now, which has, first of all, all your climate controls and your major radio tuning volume and, and up, down, all that stuff is actual physical buttons beautifully laid out on the dashboard. Okay, they're framed very nicely and then they have a nice, not too big, but it's it's a big-ish screen. It probably could be a little bigger. This is a Suburban, so um, anyway. Um, but their UI now has changed. So it's gone from the high glossy, high color, trying to match the uh, physical buttons on the dashboard to this nice balance. It's it, And when you look at it closely, and, and I, uh, I have seen these up close, um, again, in rental cars. Rental cars are amazing for testing out car UIs, by the way. Um, so just, just to FYI, um, another okay one is Land Rover. They actually have an okay one where they keep a lot of their controls on the physical dashboard. But then when you need to select something, the buttons are big enough. First of all, it's actually sectioned off in panels on the screen of what you want to do. Um, and then they have physical buttons along the side that you can actually push to, but anyway. But, but Chevy does a really good job at balancing that there's enough contrast, the text is maybe, it could be a little bit more bolder or bigger to be a little more readable when you're, you know, down a not so great highway at 70 miles an hour, but, um, and then it, it has a little bit of the color, but it has a little bit of that dimension too. So it, it's not completely flat. You can tell what's a button and what's not just by a quick glance. Unlike Tesla's, which you have to analyze because it's super minimalist, um, beautiful, but it, you have to analyze it. And with Chevy's, you actually don't have to analyze it anymore and you don't have to gouge out your eyes after looking at it either because it actually looks a lot better now. Uh, so it's getting there. Like Chevy is giving me a little bit more hope. Their cars are still very, very boring with the exception of like the Camaro. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it just, it's surprising that it's taking this long for car manufacturers to find this balance. And I just, I, I hope that we get to a point where cars don't just become all touchscreen. I hope we go dial it down a little bit. We find this balance and there is this mix of physical buttons and a nice touchscreen to give us what we need on a touchscreen or on a screen in general. Um, and, and we have that balance because I feel like there's going to be possibly some legislation in the future that might limit car manufacturers. And if there isn't anything in the works now, they should probably get something drafted because I have a feeling we're going to start seeing a lot more distracted drivers and they're not going to say, oh, I was on my phone. They're going to say, oh, I was on my car. It's touchscreen changing the climate or changing the radio station. 
Um, yeah, uh, yeah, it probably took you a good, you know, 15 minutes to change the radio station after you're going through all those menus to get out of your uh, climate control options. But there is one more. I'm not done yet. There is one more uh, interesting take on infotainment systems, and that comes from luxury brands like BMW, Mercedes, Lexus uh, has them in some of their cars. And that is the, um, I know on BMW, I think it's called the iDrive or something like that. And it's, it's basically the, the mouse pad and the knob that's right there by your arm as you rest your arm on your armrest. You have the control right there and you can just kind of fondle that knob and get around your car's infotainment system. Um, and I actually saw this uh, this year in, in a Mercedes one. And, you know, it was actually better than uh, the touchscreen because after a small learning curve, you kind of get used to it, kind of like most buttons in a car dashboard. Um, you kind of get used to what you need to look at. You can glance down real quick and, and you can, you know, kind of do what you need to do. Um, but there were so many menu options that if there wasn't somebody in the passenger seat who was able to look at all those menu options, you wouldn't know what the fuck to do with that thing. I mean, if you wanted to get from your navigation map to your you know, uh, radio and you didn't have the screen split between the two, oh, good luck. Good luck. You're going to have to pull over and fondle that knob a little more and figure out where in the menu that uh, your you know, tuner for your radio station is. I mean, it's just... It's, that's been around for a long time, and it's it's surprising to me that that's still considered a luxury thing too, um, because it, it's not really that great. It's not that great of an experience. Um, they at least got the thing right where there is a physical something you can touch, and it's right there where your arm rests. Um, in some cases, I've seen like the Lexus one is maybe too close to a cup holder, so every time you go get your drink, uh, you end up maybe selecting something on the map. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's better. It's a little better. Um, but to me, the biggest, the best balance, okay. The best, best way to, to do a car infotainment system, the best way to design a UI for a car is to make sure you don't eliminate the fundamentals that we have learned and perfected for over a hundred years in cars. And that is the actual physical tactile buttons on a dashboard. We need them, okay? As beautiful as a Tesla is, as pretty as the Prius Prime infotainment system is, minus the actual UI, um, you know, when the screen is off, it looks really cool. Uh, but, you know, as pretty as it looks, it's still a car, you know? And I think until we get to that point where we have fully autonomous vehicles or we have that option to be autonomous um, it, it, it's too soon it's too soon for these types of UIs um, and, and I would even argue that when we do have autonomous cars the ones that can switch between human driver and autonomous they should be very aware and designed very carefully I mean these these designers have that responsibility of designing something that's not going to distract somebody and cause them to get in an accident and killed you know, and it's like they're just throwing that value away by designing these, you know, flat, light gray on white Tesla UIs. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, it's beautiful. 
I'm looking at it again. It's, it is so pretty. It looks better than my iPad. I mean, I, look at how nice those icons are. I think that's a seat. It's either a seat or it's a vibrator. It might be a vibrator. I don't know. Um, but anyway, it's it's hard to tell because it's so small and it's you know, there's not enough contrast in, in the background. And so even on a big screen, of, you know, two feet away, you're not going to be able to see this. So designers, car designers and, and UI designers, first of all, stop trying to mimic physical buttons, this ascomorphic, whatever it's called, design from the early iOS days is dead, okay? It's, it's, it's not something people want anymore. And the flat UI with the minimalist text and the light colors, like, it's pretty when you're sitting still and you're not doing 70 miles an hour down a road. Um, just have to find that balance. Chevy's on their way. Toyota? I don't know about you. Like, I, I love Toyotas so much too, but Jesus, they are so behind the times when it comes to their UI. And with a lot of things too. Um, it's a good thing they're so reliable. But anyway, uh, I digress. So that's my thoughts. Yeah, that's what I think about car UI. I know, I got a lot to say about it. <laughs> Now, obviously, I am not a designer of car UIs, like I said. I, I don't know what these poor designers had to go through. I also don't know what they have planned. I don't know what testing they've done. I, I don't care what testing Tesla's done. There's no way on God's green earth that is actually a good UI that's safe for people to use on the highway. Anyway, um, I, I want to now pass the torch on to all of you listening. Uh, God help me if there's any actual designers of these UIs listening. Um, but if there are, like, tell me why. Like, tell me the reasoning why things were have been designed this way um, and, and what the process was. And if there were other alternatives, maybe, that you thought of, that you created, you know, what drove the company to, to end up with this UI that either is not great or it's in between. Um, and then if, if you're not one of those designers that designed this one of these UIs, because let's face it, that's probably everybody that's listening. Um, let me know what you think. Let me know what you think about, first of all, your own car's UI. Uh, what If you have a, a car with a touchscreen and the infotainment system, uh, let me know what the car is. Let me know what, you know what you think of it and what you like. And if there's one that you think like, actually, this works really good and I just totally missed it. Um, I mean, I'm pretty obsessed with this type of thing, especially, you know, cars and design. So, um, you know, let me know. I'm curious. You know, I, I want to see good stuff come out of this. Or if you have really bad ones too that are really, really bad, maybe even worse than the Prius Prime or worse than the Ram trucks. Um, yeah, show me. Let me know. Tell me about it. I'll go ahead and, and look it up. Um, I want to hear your stories and nightmares. Or maybe you found the perfect one. Maybe you have one of those Chevy Suburbans uh, that has the nice in-between. Um, Anyway, that's all. Uh, if you have, yeah, if you if you have any any questions uh, or or angry comments based on everything that I just said or agreements or whatever it may be, um, you know how to get a hold of me. Twitter at Joshua Reach or uh, LinkedIn if you're on LinkedIn and this is posted there. You can also email me. That's probably the easiest way. Email me uh, at chat at joshuareach.com. 
And uh, I'll uh, kind of maybe touch base on this topic again in a future episode to kind of go over some of the feedback. Also, if you're on Anchor, you can call in. Um, I forget you can still do this on Anchor, but you can actually uh, listen to it and you can call in and send me a recorded message on Anchor and I could include that clip maybe in a future episode as well. Uh, so anyway, super curious about uh, what you all think now uh, and if you think I'm just batshit crazy uh, or if you agree. Also, one more thing I have to ask. Uh, if you are enjoying this podcast, I'm nearing the 10th episode, which is crazy because it feels like I've been doing this forever. Uh, <laughs> if you are enjoying it, leave a rating. Uh, leave, leave a nice little review, a nice rating in the App Store. If you have any feedback, leave a review. Uh, let me know. Like, Let me know how I can make this better um, or let me know what I'm doing, doing good. All right, until next time, I'll find something else to, to bitch about, I'm sure. Oh, I'm, I'm sure this could be a new theme. I don't know. Let me know if you like this. The, the rants of Josh Reach. Anyway, this has been Design Chat with Josh, and I will talk to you all next week.